to Recipes for Success with me, your host, Heather Thompson. As a strategic career coach and mentor, I help unfulfilled women discover their true career potential. Recipes for Success is more than just a podcast. It's a platform that sparks curiosity, encourages self-reflection and offers a fresh perspective on what a successful career and life can look like. Whether you're seeking guidance in your career, personal development or simply looking for motivation, Recipes for Success is here to give food for thought, to empower and uplift you. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to check out my website, thesuccesscoach.ie, for more information on how you can work with me for personalised career coaching. Tune in and be inspired to create your own recipe for success. Meet Claudia Gertz, a positive psychologist and career coach committed to guiding clients grade purpose-led careers. Recognised as one of the top 15 coaches in Dublin in 2022, Claudia has empowered over 650 individuals at various life stages to cultivate more meaningful careers since she established her own coaching business. Based in Ireland, but with a global reach, Claudia brings 20 years of experience in the tech industry, having transitioned from a traditionally successful yet unfulfilling career. Her coaching approach is rooted in positive psychology, strengths-based leadership and ethical coaching. Claudia is willing to challenge corporate hustle culture and toxic productivity, advocating instead for a human-centred approach to work that prioritises mental and emotional fitness. This conversation reminds us that we don't always have to have a clear direction before starting out. We can simply follow our interests and strengths and they will lead us where we need to go. Claudia loves to say that her thoughts are developing on a subject because it fosters an openness to constant change. In a work culture that often fixates on weaknesses, Claudia shifts the focus to strengths. Leveraging positive psychology research, she highlights the importance of understanding, following and amplifying one's strengths for a flourishing and fulfilling career. Claudia and I conclude that for individuals to shine, all you're meant to do is find what works for you. Enjoy this insightful conversation with Claudia. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Recipes for Success with me, your host, Heather Thompson. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Claudia, a positive psychologist, coach and workshop facilitator for both individuals and teams, who's also passionate about climate change and climate careers. Claudia, you're very welcome. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for having me. Oh, it felt a bit weird there to do like a little bit of a formal introduction because you and I have obviously worked together a couple of times over the last couple of years. So I can kind of consider you a friend as much as a fantastic Oh, I'm delighted. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you're taking this call from Germany where you're home for Christmas, which is fab as well. I am. I'm here for the end of the year slowdown. Um, I traveled not by plane this time, but over land and over water with my little dog. But I'm normally living and based in Ireland for the last 15 years now. Yeah, fabulous. I think you were really like global <laughs> citizen of the world because I even know like, your client yeah. base is, is international as well. And it's brilliant. I think it goes to show though, even we are on an island on the edge of Europe, it doesn't kind of limit our potential or what we can do with our work. Yeah. And you're a great example of that. 
maybe just to start us off, you mentioned they're originally from Germany, you're now living in Ireland for the last 15 years, that's where you've made your home. Maybe tell us a little bit about your background and what's kind of led you to where you are now, Claudia. Yeah, I like this question and I also dread this question because I never know um, <laughs> where to start and where to stop. So um yeah, I grew up, I was um, born and raised in Germany in, in Hennef. It's a town um, between Cologne and Bonn for anybody being familiar with Germany. I love playing outdoors. I spent a lot of my time outdoors. I also remember that I spent a lot of time writing. There's a little writer in me that I know that will resonate with you. I did write like sci-fi stories when I was a teenager. Very, very strange thing to do. And then um, I, I went after school, I started my professional life as a, did an apprenticeship as a software developer. That was a very novel thing back um, in 2001. I was the first, first woman to do that apprenticeship in the district where I, I live. And I was good at it, but my heart wasn't in it. So after I finished that, I decided I need to explore the world. I need to see more of the world. And I did a lot of traveling in my 20s. I went to Australia, I went to New Zealand, I went to Bali, um, then I came back to Europe. I started studying psychology in the, the Netherlands only for a year. I ran out of money and then life caught up with me and I'm like, well, I might have to do proper jobs and proper work now. And I ended up in sales environments. And that ultimately also brought me to Ireland. Many people probably know Ireland is a great place for tech sales and any kind of tech roles. So I found um, it easy to secure jobs um, in Ireland, speaking English and German. And I had yeah many customer facing roles like you, Heather, in big corporations, smaller corporations, some scale ups. And I had a I had a fantastic time. I learned a lot. I was challenged. In terms of your um, the purpose of this podcast, you would say I had a very successful career. I moved up the ranks. I made more money every every year. I had better titles. I went on sales clubs, um, interesting client meetings all around the world. I also um, met my husband, now husband. We got married. We bought a house. Um, so you would say fantastic, successful life. But something was missing for me in, in all of that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I actually didn't know you'd done that much traveling <laughs> in your 20s. So that's uh, really cool to hear that ex adventure trait has always been there for you. I guess a couple of things that you're saying. So you even mentioned, say, going to Germany for the holidays. You decided to go by by land. And that's because of you've become really interested in kind of sustainability and how we can positively impact the world. And I guess when you were mentioning there, say, about sales and, you know, on the face of it, like this really externally successful life and career, but it not really feeling how you wanted it to. My understanding is that kind of comes to you not feeling fulfilled. And that's brought you now to really focus more on what we're calling climate careers. So like helping people who are looking to make a positive impact on the world, as well as have a successful career. Maybe tell me a little bit about that, because it wasn't something actually I knew all that much about, I have to say. Yeah, and me neither. It's been a journey. So really the defining moment and often with defining moments i i think you realize that it was a defining moment in retrospect not when you're in mm -hmm. it 
Um, so the defining moment for me was when I decided I'm not learning the right things in my corporate career. I love learning, but I'm not learning the right things. I don't want to learn about cloud computing and all these things. I want to learn mm -hmm. about the human mind and the human heart and, and how we, how we can be yeah, the best versions of ourselves in this world. And I went back to university part-time next to my full-time job and I studied psychology. And in the beginning, it was really just out of curiosity. I didn't have an agenda to make this my profession. I didn't have a clue what to do with it. And I also didn't feel a need to define that. I was just like, I'm here out of curiosity. I want to learn more about how we take as humans and, and I just go with that. And I finished my bachelor's in BCU in, in Dublin. And then I went on to do a master's in positive psychology and coaching psychology. And this is really where everything came together for me, where I'm like, okay, great. I, I learned now, what is it about us that makes us thrive? What do we need on an individual, organizational and societal level um, in order to create flourishing yeah, communities in our lives? And, and how can I bring that to individuals, to teams, to organizations, and also now I bring it to communities in the climate space. So it was a, it, that was really like a defining moment for me. And very quickly, um, I became a coach. I started working with individuals. I expanded into teamwork where you and me did some good work together as well. And I, I quit my corporate job and I went all in during the pandemic in that. And once I stepped back from that, yeah, this circle of, hustling, chasing targets and always being on, I also had more time and I started to really follow, like it was a very intuitive process. It wasn't deliberate. I was like more looking at the state of the world. I had capacity mentally and emotionally to look at climate change. It's not that I never knew about climate change. We actually learn about this in school in Germany. I'm sure you learn about this in Ireland as well, but it was never on the level of everybody needs to do something about it. It was like, yeah, mm. politicians, governments, um, they need to do something about it. And it's some experts that, that will figure this out. But it turns out nobody's really figuring it out. We need to all kind of do this together because it's yes. such an interconnected problem. It takes everybody. And um, yeah, it was a, a multi-year journey where I also, for anybody who was in a similar um, situation, might resonate. Um, I had lots of climate anxiety. The more I learned about the state of the world, it's actually very gloomy when you look at it. And you allow this information to pass into your, your mind and also in your heart. You very quickly come to a place of like, oh my God, it's really bad. And I didn't have any tools to deal with that. I also didn't have anyone in my personal network who, who was talking about these things. And I felt like it was a weird time for me. I'm like, have I opened some portal and nobody else is seeing this like what, what's going on here <laughs> and naturally I went back to the psychology research and understanding like from a climate psychology perspective what do we know about climate anxiety what do we know about the psychological response of people to the loss of biodiversity to um, weather impacts like natural disasters that are happening all over the world and, and what can we do about this and and that led me ultimately to where I am today. I, I always say this is still a journey for me. I'm experimenting with a lot of things in my private life, how I can make more sustainable choices that starts with eating less meat. I'm not saying I don't eat meat, but I'm very conscious when and what kind of meat I eat. I cook much more plant-based. 
I make it joyful for myself. This is also why I experimented with traveling not um, by plane to Germany, which would be one and a half hours. Instead, I took the land and the ferry route, which took me four days. But it was amazing. <laughs> I met so many people. I never speak to people at the airport and in the train and on the ferry. I had the most beautiful conversations. So, yeah, yeah. this is why I'm experimenting with, with these kind of things. That's uh, brilliant. And, and thanks for sharing that because there's loads in what you're saying there even the concept of climate anxiety like I think that's really interesting because you're right you know even you talked about growing up and being in nature and like that's something you're very connected with I can understand why you then look at the world and it does feel a little bit hopeless at times or at least a lot of despair and I think it's nice to kind of understand that that's like a collective feeling that other other people are feeling as well and then to your point it can be easy to kind of feel like, well, what can I do about it? I'm only one person. But like for all of us kind of said, well, let's do our little bit. There then does become a collective movement around it, whether it is, like you said, you know, trying to experiment with your travel habits or how you're eating at home. I don't ever remember learning about that in school growing up here in Ireland, to be honest. But I do remember my mum used to recycle like before it was common so I always remember like that was a habit that we were always in yeah. and even actually before plastic bags had a charge my mum would always have her own shopping bag so I suppose I did yeah. and maybe that's growing up and like you know a rural sort of environment there does tend to sometimes be a little bit more like sustainable practices that go with that you mentioned there and I love that term um defining moment and you're so right you probably don't know what they are until you look back but I also love how you were saying started psychology does kind of as a curiosity and I think that's a really great call out Claudia because that's something like I believe in that sometimes you should follow your whims and I think sometimes you know people are like oh you should do this course because it relates to this job or if you want to do that you should do this and I think actually sometimes just being open-minded and curious and kind of following what you're interested in like look where that's brought you no I couldn't have foreseen this like um, any yeah. plan I would have made wouldn't have ended up where I am now. So I, I, I have a strong planner in me. That's probably cultural. Um, I love organizing and I love planning. But I've also learned that life just happens. And as you say, I'm a big believer if you follow your strengths. And for me, it's curiosity and learning is some of my really big strengths. It will lead you to the most beautiful places that you haven't even considered before and um, yeah I also know it's a very privileged position to say I'm going to study whatever I feel interested in and see where it leads me that's personally for me the beauty mm. of going back to university as a mature student because I don't have the pressure to make this a career I, I just did it out of curiosity and it happened to end up being my new career now so it's, I can recommend to everybody tap into what is it that interests you what what makes it easy for you to learn about and and follow that in a very yeah loose format and without any pressure to make money of it um, and and just see where it leads you yeah I couldn't agree more like to be honest even for me with this podcast like I would say that you know I started this as a creative endeavor rather than something necessarily business orientated and you know I remember working like with a coach and it was like how are you going to monetize or how are you going to monetize it Heather and I was like I, I don't know and that's okay because yeah. that's not why I'm doing it I'm doing it because 
I want to create a community. I want to create connection. Like I'm interested. It's sort of like the great thing is sort of my own. Like I get to explore things I'm interested in and things I don't know. So you're right. Like I don't, I don't think everything needs to have this really clear ROI all the time. Like sometimes we can just follow our curiosity. Um, and even like you said, you're right. There's obviously privilege there, but like we can do that in small ways as well, well as yeah. big ways. Like you know, it's like yeah. not neither is better or worse. It's we, you know, again, it comes back to we're doing what we can. You mentioned about the positive psychology and how we had worked together on some teamwork and you are very much in positive psychology, like really focusing on people's strengths. And I suppose we both worked in corporate and, you know, we all know kind of performance management culture or performance reviews. And it's all about understanding your blind spots and understanding your weaknesses and shoring up your weaknesses and you really blew my mind because you came in talking about strengths and you, you know, use a, a an accredited framework and it looked at like, what are your top strengths? And like, the more you use your strengths, you're like playing to your innate qualities. You're playing to what you do best naturally in the world. And that gives a lot of energy. And that's something that probably other people would find hard to replicate. So like, why focus on your weakness? Like, why not amplify your strengths? And I just thought it was such a mind-blowing like way to think about <laughs> it um, in that space. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that sort of strengths-based approach. Yeah, I love I love what you're describing. That was my initial reaction when I learned about strengths as well. Um, so the, the whole strengths framework, and there are different frameworks on the market, but they all go back to the flagship tool of positive psychology. So positive psychology split of the mainstream psychology around the year 2000. And one of the first big research efforts on a global scale was trying to understand what is it that that helps us be in these moments where everything just flows, where we feel like um, everything is easy, where we tap into joy and engagement, and 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 what is it about this, and how can we like replicate this, harness this? And I thought this is a beautiful idea. So the main researchers identified um, in the original framework 24 strengths that everybody in this world has, no matter what cultural background you have, no matter what gender, what age. It's 24 strengths. We all have them. What makes us individual and unique is how these strengths rank for us. There will always be some strengths that are very, very innate and natural to you. You use them probably every day without knowing and there is strengths that are a bit lower for you in your profile. You all also have them, but might take you a bit more energy to use them. And we know from research, if we talk about the workplace, people who find ways to bring their strengths, their top, especially their top five strengths, into their work, whatever they do, they report much higher joy when, when they talk about their work. They are much more motivated. Um, they're much more engaged, big topic in the wor workplace mm. right now. Engagement numbers are absolutely low. Um, 12% in Europe is like really scary. And also when, when you meet people who have, who have found ways to incorporate their strengths into their work life, they will start talking about things like, I find it really meaningful what I do. Yeah. I, I really get a lot of fulfillment about my work. And when you think about our careers, like everybody on this planet wants to have a meaningful and fulfilling 
um, job and profession that that gives them the feeling they contribute to something and it doesn't have to be as big as climate change it can also be something in in the local area and the community you have with your teammates within the organization you work with everybody as a human being that's all we want but very very few people actually report to have that mm. like it's a big gap like what we want and what we have and strengths can be that tool to help us get a bit closer to this and make it tangible because it's about how how can I use my strengths now that I know them? How can I use them to show up at work? And it often is a very easy and uplifting process. Uh, you will probably know from your own work with people. Once you introduce that concept to them and they're like, oh yeah, I can identify with these strengths. And you ask them, so how do you want to use them in, in work to make things better or more joyful or find flow and meaning? They're like, oh, I, I immediately have an idea. So it changes the conversation from something really loaded in, in dread and like, oh God, I have an employee review coming up and my boss is going to ask me about my weaknesses and areas of improvement again. And instead just twist it around and say, what brings you joy and how can we help you to, to do more of that? Yeah, it's so true. And I think because it's so innate, often people don't even realize, do you know, that they're yeah. so good at it because it comes yeah. so naturally to yeah. them. And this is something like I've definitely struggled with. Like we see work as hard work. Yeah. Right. Like it's not work if you mentioned flow. Right. Yeah. And like if you're creative, I think creatives understand the concept of flow. But for me in corporate, it's meant to be hard work. It's about the effort. It's about the hustle. Mm. And you know flow, right? It's like when you look up and you're like, oh my God, it's three hours past yeah. or a colleague comes up behind you and like, you know, it frightens the life out of you because you're so absorbed in what you're doing. And that was really interesting for me. Like I realized then I was seeing work as always being hard work mm. and that's not necessarily the case. Or if I'm innately very good at something, you that's where people sort of bat off a compliment, you know? So you mentioned about being organized and I go, oh God, like that is amazing. You're able to organize that. And you were like, ah, sure. That was not like, that was fine. So I think it is a really good lens. And I think what I really liked about the framework that you used, Claudia, was you also looked at unrealized strengths and mm. learned strengths. So mm -hmm. learn strengths, with, again, like really eye-opening for me. So it's about things that you're good at, but they're not as energy-giving as sort of yeah. your top they strengths. They drain you if you do them too much. Exactly, yeah. And like for me, the sort of organizer was in there because, you know, I was going for the last five years, like back-to-back -back in meetings every day, yeah. you know, like and still trying to do your work, follow up and all of this. And I have, you know, developed a system for myself but I could definitely, when I looked at this, I was like, yes, I'm good at this and I'm very organized, but I actually like a little bit of spontaneity and flow in my day. So while I was yeah. good at it, it was really draining me, you know, and it was only from the, that lens that I started to understand that. Yeah, the energy element is very important. Um, it's not just about finding joy and meaning. It's also about understanding why do I feel so wrecked when I close my laptop in the evening and go home or when you work from home, just move, move into a different room. Yeah. Um, and I walk out the exactly. door. Exactly. So, so why, why am I so drained? Because on paper, I didn't have maybe that much to do. So strengths can also help us identify which, which ones are taking a lot of effort for me to perform. I, I'm doing them really well and might, I might even get compliments for them, which is a vicious circle then mm. because if somebody compliments you on your 
organizer learned behavior and you're like telling you heather you great how you organize this again and you're like oh yeah great maybe i should do more of this but in reality it's actually absolutely draining for you if you do it too much and you would love to have more flexibility and being spontaneous you you will never find this this yeah this state of everything is easy and everything everything just falls into place because it's hard work then and and we have created a culture where we tell everybody who enters this culture this working culture after they finish university oh you have to work hard you have to prove yourself first before you earn your place and it's it's absolutely devastating for people because it takes away what work should be it should be a place where we can experiment where we can tap into what comes easy to us where we can collaborate with people based on our strengths like let's say i love organizing i take energy from it so give me your your part of organizing and you do your flexibility and yeah. we see how as a team we can change little things around so people who love doing one thing do it for the team and people and they don't have to do the stuff that they absolutely find draining and not joyful at all and i believe even in corporate environments like you and me we both worked in the tech industry i do believe there is a space for that even in highly technical environments also for remote teams there is a space for using new ways of collaboration not task based but strengths based yeah and as you're talking there it's like i don't think it's something even that you can use those in work but i think even like in personal yeah. life i'm just thinking coming up to christmas it can be kind of straining you get a bunch of people who are not normally in the same room together like there can be lots <laughs> yeah. of different dynamics yes. in families lots of different personalities you're right it is then maybe how can you play to to people's strengths within that you know maybe one one a sister's organized a brother is really good at like the board games so i think it's something when you're aware of actually you can use it in other parts of your yeah. life and what is also really great about the approach is this concept of the unrealized trends so it's things that you're naturally good at but maybe you're not using that much at the moment and i think say for me and i know you're the same like you're working with a lot of people around their career there's a whole pool of opportunity there mm. there's a whole pool of potential that is untapped and i just think that is so like incredibly exciting mm. versus someone like curling up getting defensive and weaknesses why not tap into this beautiful pool that hasn't been used yet it's an untapped resource and like what can that person do with it and actually one thing that came out of the work i did with you is in my, my unrealized strength was spotlight and look, here's me now hosting a podcast, you know? Ah, putting the spotlight on others. I love that. Yeah. yeah, putting on, yeah. And as an introvert, that's not yeah. my natural place, you know? But like you find, it's what you were saying about the positive psychology force. You know, I could never have envisaged this two years ago, but, you know, I've just kind of followed on the path and, and here we are and I'm absolutely loving it. So, yeah, I think that untapped potential piece, yeah. there's so much in that versus everyone just trying to like hone their weaknesses and really like training their energy and their joy yeah. in work trying to do that and this is a great example with your strengths of spotlight how individual the expression can be so naturally maybe people when when you think about the strengths of spotlight you might naturally think oh this person loves to be personally in the spotlight but for you, it was like, no, actually, I'm not that comfortable being in the spotlight, but I love putting the spotlight on others. So, so this is a great example of how individual 
the expression and the behaviors attached to our strengths can be. And, and this is where I also think uh, the role of, of coaching and support and guidance is necessary for people who want to learn more about their strengths, to have someone there to help them understand what's my personal expression of that strength. And especially the ones that are unrealized, you probably don't have a big catalog or repertoire of these behaviors because they are unrealized for a reason. You're not using them a lot. So it's a whole new discovery and an experimentation phase of, okay, what behaviors do I want to create for this strength? And how do I want to express, let's say, my strengths of spotlight? Um, and, and that's where our work is also yeah, very beneficial for people. And I and I totally agree, and it also brings me back to what we were talking about about curiosity as well. So like, rather than me saying, "Oh no, that doesn't apply to me," not to spotlight because I'm introverted and I don't enjoy I don't in, enjoy the attention being on me. Like I could have said that because that is the truth, yeah. but I didn't. You're yeah. right. It's like, well, it's what is my individual expression of what that is. So I think that's really important. I find that with clients at times, like they fight really hard for their limitations. Oh, that's not me. When's the last time you held that up to the light and actually examined it, you know? Yeah, a lot of the people, when I, I use the original strengths test a lot, it's called Values in Action. It's There's a free version available for anyone who's curious. And I, just to give a few labels of these strengths that come up, there is kindness in there, there's bravery, there's teamwork, leadership, humor, honesty. And there is some of these strengths, some people score very high and their first reaction is, yeah, but I can't use that in work. Like kindness, I, I can't use that in work. I'm expected to be like in this elbow culture and, and I actually leave my kindness at the door. And it is so empowering to help them develop ways of being kind in work either with themselves or with the people around them or even with their clients if they are in customer facing roles and it changes their mm. trajectory and it also um, I've seen it over and over again it also helps them to be successful in a very natural authentic and joyful way so this is why I can't talk about this enough I wish we would teach this kids in school. Mm. Some schools are actually experimenting with this because it's it's a beautiful way to help people be confident within themselves, be confident with what they bring and, and find ways to shine with that in their work lives and yeah, ultimately be a better person, I believe. Yeah, God, as you're talking there, I'm just like nodding because I'm like, so like, it's so many women come to me around confidence and you're right, like, it's the more you're playing to your strengths or you're allowing yourself to be authentic, like that, it breeds an inner confidence that it's hard to teach yeah. that right like that's kind of coming from the inside out but I also appreciate that person saying well I work in this cultural environment it's very competitive how can I be kind there and again that's sort of like the learned societal norms and I think it's great that we're helping people break yeah. say you can still be competitive and kind right like they're yeah. not necessarily mutually exclusive or even what you were yeah. saying like it could be the kindness that you're extending to yourself exactly and on that note, because we were both talking about tech and that's an environment that we both worked in and post-pandemic as well, like obviously 
burnout has become a massive issue within that particular sector. I think the latest stats are about like 70%. And, you know, given that there's been a lot of redundancies both this year and last year, I'm sure that's not getting, that's that's not getting lower. If I I imagine it's getting higher because people are now worried about their jobs or like they're the only person left on the team. They have that survivor's guilt or just sort of cloud hanging over. If like what I guess what from a positive psychology point of view, what can we yeah. be doing to prevent burnout? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. It's also a very deep question. And I'm developing like my thoughts are developing on this, um, which is also something I, I encourage everybody to use more the phrase of, Oh, my, my thoughts are still developing, so I'm I don't have the one mm. and I don't have the holy grail answer and, to this. Yeah, yeah. What I do know is that often when we look at burnout, there is often the first instinct of people who are directly affected, people who are in the burnout, they think it's something about them, something wrong with them. Um, and while there are individual elements mm. that might contribute to someone reaching the level of a burnout, the, the biggest contributing factor to burnout is corporate culture. Mm. And we need to start having, not start, we need to have stronger conversations around the role of the organization in preventing burnout in their employees. Yes, there are people more prone to burnout than others, but if they would work in an environment that is kind, compassionate and caring, they would not end up in a burnout. So it is the environment that we are in that contributes massively to people going into a burnout and that changes the question of what should we do to prevent that we could we should do much more on the organizational level and understand what are the factors within our organization that that have people in constant stress and some of our employees are moving into burnout what is it about our work environment and what is in our control to change that and that's a leadership question right um, but it can also be facilitated from the ground up Everybody has a voice in this. When I bring in the systemic view, especially with the climate lens, burnout is not just in the tech industry. Burnout is a rising problem in the Western world for many, many years. What we are experiencing that we feel like time is running too fast and we all feel like rushed and having lost connection to ourselves, but also connection to community, connection to nature. I ultimately believe that this is a symptom of a world that's out of its boundaries. We are doing things to the planet and to ourselves that is just shocking. And even though you might not connect that to your personal situation, you for you, the immediate thing that's stressing you is managing life. Maybe you have children to take care of. Maybe you have elderly parents or family members to take care of while holding a full-time job. These are the immediate stressors that you experience. But we are living in a culture that is also glorifying this kind of life as if this is the only way of success. And um, we know from research then that the best antidote to stress and burnout is connecting deeply with nature. And while that sounds very abstract, I always love to make it practical for people. It's enough to just sit outside. Outside can be just anywhere outside in front of your front door for half an hour, 
and look at the natural things in your environment. Even if you live um, in an area where there's not much greenery, you can always look to the sky. You, the longer you sit, I'm sure you'll, you'll see a bird fly by. You might find some grass and do this purposefully and mindfully. And that is already emotionally, mentally and physically very healing for our whole body. And we have a lot of people don't even get the half hour a day, like we're rushing from one thing to the other. So as a collective, we, we, I believe we need to restore that connection to the natural world. We, without the natural world around us, we, we are not here. We wouldn't be here. We won't be surviving. So it's it's really important. And we also come from nature. So it's a bit arrogant of us to think that we can live healthy and happy lives by sitting in four walls and tapping into our laptop all day. This is not how humans evolved. Yeah, like, gosh, there's so much in what you're saying there. Like, I would agree as well. I think burnout is that combination of individual and systemic issues. So you're right, maybe some people are more prone to it. Or, you know, and I'll put my hand up, you know, like, I, you know, it's too terrible for overworking and people pleasing. Mm-hmm. So like there was things there that was, wouldn't have been helping. But you're right on the other end of it, you know, the culture encouraged that, you know, and it was like higher, bigger, better, right? Like that was always yes. what it was. So you're right, it is looking at both. And like, I just think it's worrying in the current environment because I even heard that myself, you know, is, well, everyone else is being made redundant. You should feel lucky to have a job. And now there's less people doing the same work. So, you know, the workload isn't being um, slimmed down because the team size has. So it's quite worrying that companies, and I'm not saying every company is like this. And I know companies do do their best as well, but I've definitely seen the bad side of it as well. And I think if person doesn't realize that part then they're blaming themselves and like often that's unfair on them because you could be doing everything right but the the company culture isn't supporting it they're really stuck in that old school view that we just you like you know kind of use you and burn you and there's always someone else out there but to your point about engagement I guess very short-sighted on the on behalf of companies because rehiring and retraining like there's a lot of lost downtime so I hope more companies start to understand that. But yeah, to your point as well about like the rhythm of nature and us being like out of sync with that, that certainly doesn't help. And you're so right. For me, I just have to go to the, like I'm mm. ten minutes from the beach here. Like, if I'm ever feeling overwhelmed, like that's where I go because all of your problems you look out at this ocean that you took the ferry across actually exactly yeah yes my problems are piddly really aren't they like yes they become insignificant yeah yeah and I don't mean that in a demeaning way to whatever's on my mind it just is it you're right it's really like grounding and just gives me perspective I think maybe that's the word yeah yeah I want to add something because it's it's also we also need to consider real life implications People think we are talking about a utopia here. So, yeah, I recognize that we, we are not always in a position where we can flexibly change our jobs because we have dependents to look after. We have maybe a mortgage to pay or debt to pay off or whatever it is, right? The financial responsibility yeah. is, is always a big real-life consideration. For anyone, who, like I always say that, as a bit of a piece of advice, if if we find ourselves in a situation where we have limited control over changing it, 
then it makes sense to look at strategies, what you can change within yourself to make it easier on you yes. until you have reached a different stage in your life where you can make these choices more freely again in terms of changing careers or changing jobs. So it's not hopeless. Like I always say, people, it's not hopeless. Even yeah. if you work in a cutthroat environment and you decide to do this for the next few years because it pays you well and it allows you to achieve financial independence or freedom to a level that you are looking for, then there is individual strategies that any coach or positive psychologist can help you with to um, yeah to tap into and make this not a complete risk for your mental, physical, and emotional health. So that's I just wanted to add that because I think it's important. No, it's a great point, and you're right. When the timing that we do these things, sometimes it does need to maybe take into account other factors. And you're right, even. If it well, it kind of comes to your point of view doing like the course on the side, sometimes change is gradual, right? It's not always quitting the job and changing the career yeah. immediately. There's different routes yeah. that could be what some people like to do. It's like when people quit something and they go cold turkey, but that's not going to be the route for everyone. So I think that's yeah. a great point that you can still mind yourself and keep yourself well as you aim towards that that future change it doesn't mean you need to like because what you want to do is sort of have the energy to make the change when the opportunity comes up it's like you know what like what do they say is luck is when like you know being prepared meets opportunities so it's sort of that idea (laughs) like isn't it like that you want to be well when that chance to change comes so I think that's a great point that there's still lots within your control that you can kind of work I won't say work on but consider and be mindful of and that's going to to kind of help you Uh, on that like and I know this is something you talk about and I think this is a lovely phrase like mental fitness right like so we talk a lot about physical fitness right and in Ireland there's been a huge surge in that over the last five or ten years people out running and cycling and the gym is very much ingrained in our culture now but mental fitness tell us a little bit more about that yeah, that's um, exactly the reason why um, positives, it's mainly coming from positive psychology, that concept, why this term was chosen to, to help people relate to whatever we now have kind of internalized that we all know, yeah, I should look after my physical fitness by um, going for walks. Not everybody has to become a bodybuilder by doing like slow activity. Like there is this, I think it's 118 minutes a week of, yes. of slow activity as a recommendation, even from the World Health Organization. And mental fitness is, um, is a term that was picked to, to tell us that we need to do the same kind of things on a regular basis for our mental health. And that makes it tactical and achievable again. Mental health is not that abstract thing and either you have it or you don't. It's something that you can work on, improve on and maintain over time. And you can do something every day. And maybe one day it is very easy for you. And on other days, like with running or other sports, one day it comes easy and one other day it doesn't. But if you look at it over the week, you probably find some moments where you can invest some time into your mental fitness. And that can be very different for different people. So mental fitness can be taking a break and mindfully doing nothing but it can also be tapping into one of your strengths and doing just like for the sake of doing something for you, doing something that sparks your curiosity or get a nice book and spend half an hour reading it or 
make your favorite dish, whatever it is for you, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very flexible concept. Same than physical fitness. It, fi find that these things that give you joy. For me, by the way, it's gardening. Nice. Like if I put my hands yeah, in, in, the, in soil. the soil and even though I have terrible non-success with growing <laughs> vegetables other than radish in Ireland, I try every year again anyways. Perennial <laughs> optimistic, I love it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm an eternal optimist. Yeah, so that's the mental fitness element. And I think it makes e like it's easy for, for people to understand. What I started to add to that is also emotional fitness mm. because um, we tend to not talk about our emotions a lot, especially not in the workplace. And but it's an an, an super important part of our overall well-being that emotionally that we are well, that we have tools to manage also difficult emotions. Sometimes we might also experience conflicting emotions in the same day. That's very upsetting for people. And we don't get taught any tools to deal or understand our emotions fully. So that's that's a piece of self-discovery I encourage everybody to do to um yeah, to build up your own emotional literacy and treat it like your mental and physical fitness as well. Noticing when your emotional fitness is maybe not as high as you want it to be and understand what does that mean for me, what can I do to support myself with the emotional side of life. Great, great points. And it's something I've talked about a couple of times in this podcast, Claudia. So it's great to kind of hear you affirming that. Is that like health is like physical, mental, emotional and spiritual. Like there's lots of different elements to it. So trying yeah. to, you know, yeah. get, keep peeling the onion and going down through those levels. And actually it's really nice to hear you when you were talking about mental fitness, talking about doing something you enjoy. And again, that being an expression of individuality, because I was kind of thinking, oh, you should meditate, you should do mindfulness but it's actually nice like to hear you say oh no like it could be just reading a book if that's what you enjoy to do or getting out gardening so I think that's nice because sometimes all of like on, on, well I'm going to say for me I felt like god I have to do this and I have to do this and do you know like just get up at 5 a.m and I meant to do like I meant to journal I meant to be grateful I meant to like go outside and stand in the no, grass and... all you are meant to do all you're meant to do is find what works for you and what nourishes you. And if it's the 5am start and journaling, well, you do you. But if it's not, if it's sleeping in till 8 o'clock and having a super slow morning and you can afford that, then just do that. So it's about what what helps this is why i don't like these self-help books because people get like yeah. really pressurized They're like oh my god everybody's in the 5 a.m club no not everybody i'm not in the 5 a.m <laughs> i'm not anymore that i don't have to commute yeah true but i am like i was saying to you i am a morning person and i enjoy yeah i am as well but not, not, yeah, five no, not five, unless i'm going to an airport or going somewhere like <laughs> Yeah, when you do something exciting, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll even get up back too. Then. But um, no, it's that. Thank you, because I I definitely have felt in the past pressurized. Like, you know, even with exercise, oh, I'm doing the gym, but I should be doing yoga. I should be doing more cardio. I should be doing this mm. and all. Like for me, then it's like gets so overwhelming. Like I used to do nothing, you know, and then I'd have to start again. So I think that's really freeing. What you're saying yeah. It's just even finding something for yourself that makes sense for you, and that could look different from one person to another 
Claudia, let's wrap on that because I think there's so much gold in what we've been talking about and what you shared, particularly with the positive psychology lens. So thank you so much for bringing that in. If anyone's resonating with the climate careers, I know you're running um, an excellent six-week program early next year. So this podcast will be going out around the 23rd. So I think people will have about three more days to sign up to it. So it's like six week kind of exploration that like if you have been feeling like kind of climate anxiety or you've been feeling like you want to have more meaning and fulfillment in your career and bring in that positive impact to the world, you'll be bringing a group of people through a program around that. So I'll make sure to to link that in the in the show notes as well along with your website with all of your coaching services so like I said you do individual work uh, particularly around career coaching and confidence workshops for corporate is there anything else there that you want to add that I haven't mentioned yeah um for anybody who wants to have a chat I'm always open to have a chat um I for anybody who is looking for community events to bring people together, either people who know each other or don't know each other yet, I facilitate these spaces as well. And I also run monthly climate cafes for anyone who feels overwhelmed, the state of the world, and they're for free. And I can highly recommend just coming, joining, and giving these hard feelings a space. That's something I give freely to the world because I believe it's important. Oh well, I can highly recommend Claudia. Like I said, I've worked her a number of times, and she's absolutely fantastic, and has such great energy, and is is doing fantastic work, and is making a real difference to the world and to people's careers. So I'm so delighted that you are on here talking to us today, Claudia. Oh, Heather, you make you make it <laughs> Thank you so much. No, it's a it's a real pleasure. It was a great conversation, and that you give this space to people and bring different perspectives. Um, that's yeah, very important. So thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And listeners, I'll see you again on the next episode of Recipe for Success. If you've enjoyed this episode of Recipes for Success with me, Heather Thompson, I will be grateful if you can take a moment to rate, review and subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. I love reading your feedback and it will help others find us. Visit my website, thesuccesscoach.ie, for more resources and information on how you can work with me for personalised career coaching. Remember to follow me on social media, at successcoachheather, all the one word, on Instagram for updates, behind the scenes content and sneak peeks of upcoming podcast episodes. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like me to cover, please feel free to reach out as I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thank you for listening and remember, your success story awaits.